guys, it is Friday, March 2nd, 2018, and you are listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eisenlake, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, car whatever. And yes, these episodes have been spotty, but nevertheless, there is some news to talk about this week. We've got two brand new EVs that have been revealed within the past week or so. Uh, we got one from Hyundai. They've got a new electric version of the Kona SUV. Uh, Jaguar has finally unveiled the I-Pace crossover? Question mark? Uh, it's been a it's been a cro- thing that we've known about for a while. There've been lots of prototypes all around. Uh, Jaguar's shown it off as a concept uh, not too long ago. Uh, we finally have a production version announced. Uh, so range, talking about pricing, maybe I don't know. There's some thoughts to be expressed by this new wave of crossover EVs. I guess is a good way to put it. Uh, Second up, we'll talk a little bit about this new season of Formula One, why I am extremely excited, but also a little scared. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of detail to go into there. And then lastly, a car that's been on my mind, and maybe this isn't exactly a retro car to throw back to, but the new Impreza. Uh, It's been out for about a year, but all of a sudden I'm starting to see them pop up everywhere. So maybe we'll investigate a little bit as to why the new Impreza seems to be selling so well. So with all that in mind, uh, after the bump, we'll talk about some EV crossover SUVs. So the Hyundai Kona is hitting dealerships as we speak, and news broke last week that we actually have an EV version of the crossover SUV coming very, very soon. Uh, The Hyundai Kona, if you didn't know, is Hyundai's new crossover that's slightly smaller than the Tucson. Kind of think of the size comparison between like a Jeep Renegade, if that's the Kona, and the new Jeep Compass uh, being like the Tucson. Um, Overall, it's a very attractive looking SUV that gets a lot of top marks for build quality, uh, more than likely reliability, uh, you know, standard technology, things like that. This new EV is going to come with a lot of cool standard features, uh, including the full safety suite from Hyundai, uh, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, uh, wireless charging for your phone, all that jazz. Uh, The interesting news is that the base trim version is going to be able to do about 185 miles on a single charge, and the top trim version is going to be able to do almost 300. Now, Hyundai hasn't talked pricing, but they have said that this crossover SUV is going to go on sale in Europe and South Korea later this year, and then we'll hit other global markets after that. Uh, Here in the U.S., it's wow. Like, that's, that's a pretty interesting move by Hyundai. Um, after all, we've, they've seen some modest success with the new Nero SUV uh, over at Kia, which is, uh, well, not quite an SUV, but it is a hybrid nevertheless, getting 50 miles per gallon. And this also applying some of that technology to the hybrid version of the Kona. Um, the EV takes it a step further, and it's definitely an interesting choice, an interesting move by Hyundai. Um, I would be willing to bet that the EV version of this SUV costs mm, around $30,000, give or take, before tax credits. Now, if they include the tax credits with it, they make it $30,000 on the nose. That's a little disappointing, especially when the mileage is, of course, less than that of the Bolt and the Model 3. But it's not by much. And that's a key thing. If Hyundai does what Hyundai always does, or do, or whatever, uh, the top-range Kona with nearly 300 miles of range, if they can get that out to dealerships for under $40,000 before the tax credits, 
that's going to be one hell of a deal. It's going to undercut the price of the Tesla Model 3 that rivals that kind of range by a pretty significant margin, and it's going to exceed the range of the Bolt, which would be priced similarly uh, quite easily as well. I'm really interested in this vehicle. I'm really curious to see how it's going to do going forward, but it is a very exciting thing that Kia seems to be trying to shake up the crossover EV market. So perhaps the middle option to the Hyundai Kona EV and the Tesla Model X, uh, we've got the new Jaguar I-Pace. Uh, the Jaguar I-Pace, of course, is Jaguar's final street-ready production of the I-Pace prototype that was shown off really not that long ago, I believe at the Geneva Auto Show. Um, that model has been rolling around in prototype form for well over a year now, uh, maybe even closer to two years. And this uh, production version is pretty much exactly what we'd expect. Um, it's got those very sexy, curvy Jaguar uh, athletic lines all across it, even though it is technically a crossover-sized vehicle. It's got a performance-oriented, question mark, uh, four-wheel drive setup that has been added with uh, dual electric motors in the front and the rear. Um, so very similar to what the Tesla Model X has. Uh, what is a little bit different is it's got a pretty big battery. It looks like it's about 90 kilowatts, uh, and it's going to have a little bit of a shorter range. Only 240 miles, Jaguar is saying, which to me really isn't that impressive. Now, granted, this is the first uh, step forward into the EV game for uh, Land Rover Jaguar, Jaguar Land Rover, whichever way that they decide to say their company name. And overall, I think we need to kind of applaud Jaguar for going about this in a different way. Now, the Tesla Model X is great. I think a lot of people really like that crossover an awful lot. Those uh, rear going doors are beautiful. Uh, the execution on the interior and exterior is quite good. But uh, let facts be facts and realize that the Tesla Model X is very, very expensive. Um, on the flip side, the Hyundai Kona, while it is based on a pedestrian SUV, it'll probably drive like a pedestrian SUV. It'll probably be probably be mistaken for a pedestrian SUV, and that kind of sucks. So this Jaguar walks a weird line where it's exciting to look at. It sounds like it's going to be exciting to drive. It's going to push boundaries for the brand of Jaguar and Land Rover. I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of exciting that they finally found a way to pull this one off. Um, the I-Pace should maybe be hitting dealerships at the end of this year. Um, I would be willing to bet it'll show up in Europe first and then kind of proliferate from there. Um, I think one thing Jaguar definitely has in mind with this vehicle is the Chinese market. Um, I'm guessing that they're going to be specifically tuning this vehicle for the Chinese market because the EV push is so great and the sales could be so good on a mid-tier luxury vehicle like this, but uh, we will see what's going on. So winter testing is underway in Barcelona, Spain, uh, for the Formula One season, and uh, it's a very exciting time. Uh, we've got a lot of new changes uh, underway for Formula One uh, at the behest of Liberty Media, the American company that is now running Formula One, the first time an American company has run Formula One, and it's been fairly exciting. We've got new logos, we've got new... Uh, identities with the way that the media covers the branding. Um, we've got a new partnership with ESPN and Disney here in the U.S. to broadcast uh, the races. We've got a new streaming service that costs less than $10 a month to get 
tons of coverage from Formula One. Um, overall, a lot of positive changes on the outward fan-facing stuff. Um, as far as the rule changes and things goes, it's a little complicated and beyond my headspace, but uh, some chassis sizes have changed with the vehicles. We've got new tires from Pirelli that are going to give some drivers some more options on different tracks. Uh, we've got some changes with the engines that make them a little more reliable and make teams a little more happy. Um, and we've got some, uh, well, we've got some changes to the, uh, the driver safety, which I think is going to make drivers, well, kind of happy. Um, there's a lot of politics going on about the new Halo system that's been installed on the cars. They were tested uh, mid-season last season, and a lot of people didn't really care for them. And, well, it turns out they're the standard for this year. Um, the new Halo system helps protect drivers from flying to flying debris. Um, as in the past, we've had some casualties with some drivers uh, injured by flying debris. Um, these new halos, I don't know if they're necessarily perfect. They look kind of weird. They look like a piece of metal just kind of grafted to last season's Formula One car. Um, you know, Ferrari has said that they hate them. Uh, Mercedes has said that they don't really care for them. Other teams seem to be a little kind of, well, it's the rules, whatever kind of situation. We'll see how it changes. I think it's interesting seeing that over on IndyCar, the American open wheel sport of choice, uh, IndyCar has kind of included these wraparound glass, plexiglass kind of fighter uh, plane style windows that seem to be a little more well respected, but um, previous drivers, at least in Formula One, have complained that it warps their vision out of the car and it makes it more difficult to see. So it's kind of a, it's a difficult situation all around. But what gets really, really exciting are the changes to the uh, manufacturers and what's going on uh, with the politics of some of the different teams. So perhaps the most exciting change for this year for Formula One are the changes done between the teams and with powertrains and with some of the drivers that are kind of moving around. The driver's not quite as much of an exciting thing, but nevertheless, we've got some performance things to talk about. Uh, first up, McLaren. Arguably my favorite of the long-standing Formula One teams. Uh, McLaren has finally dropped Honda as a powertrain supplier for the 2018 season, and they've switched to Renault, which came to a surprise uh, for a lot of people. Um, historically speaking, uh, McLaren has not run M Renault engines, as far as I can recall, and uh, Renault wasn't exactly the most reliable engine manufacturer last season. Um, Renault had some success. Um, after all, their engines are in the Red Bull cars, uh, which, you know, won races. They, they are great cars when they work well with an engine that's working. Uh, McLaren seems to be doing quite well. Stoffel Van Dorn had some very good test laps and days where he was up near the top of the leaderboard. Um, Alonso, not quite as much. Some mechanical hiccups, but nevertheless, both drivers doing quite well in the early testing this season. Um, well, who is getting the Hyundai powertrains is Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso is, of course, the feeder team for Red Bull Racing. Toro Rosso had been running Ferrari engines in years past, and this year they're taking the money from Honda to start doing their engine development. Uh, in early tests, the Honda, or the Honda engine seems to be running really, really well. Um, this new Honda engine seems to be keeping up on power and reliability. Toro Rosso's were repeatedly 
doing the most laps with the longest distances out of anybody uh, during these test days. And that's a very exciting as somebody who is generally a Honda fan when it comes to Formula One performance. After all, Honda is the brand that took Art and Senna to his many championships as a leader and really gave McLaren the kind of unanimous uh, support as a manufacturer in Formula One not that long ago. Uh, it remains to be seen how Honda's going to do uh, going into this season of Formula One. Last year, there were some positive changes, but we knew from the outset that they were going to be troubled. But so far... Things seem to be okay for Honda, which I think maybe needs to be kind of a scary thing for a lot of other teams. Uh, if Toro Rosso is taking some of the Red Bull lessons on Aero and other things, and their drivers, their young drivers, especially Pierre Gasly, seem to be quite talented, uh, we could have a dangerous Toro Rosso team this season, uh, which puts some things in question for some of the other mid-tier teams going forward. So some more Ferrari-related news here. Uh, Ferrari itself looking like the biggest threat to Mercedes uh, overall as one of the long-standing uh, championship teams. Uh, Ferrari's got the updated aero package. They've got the changes to the chassis. They've got the changes to the engine. They've got two of the most talented drivers on the grid right now with Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, they look like a big threat this year, and one hopes that they can really take it to Mercedes, who more than likely will end up being the odds-on favorite this season. Now, what is interesting about Ferrari is that their relationship with Sauber and Haas continue to develop. Uh, those who've been paying attention, Sauber was initially uh, signed to take the deal that uh, Toro Rosso took for the Honda powertrains, and instead they got a new deal with Ferrari where uh, they get updated powertrains, the current powertrains instead of the previous years, um, but they now must fly the colors of Alfa Romeo, uh, so they are now a quote-unquote Alfa Romeo F1 team, uh, which is very exciting. This is the first time Alfa Romeo has been in the sport, I think, since the late 80s or the early 90s. Um, but nevertheless, the kind of corporate synergy for the FCA uh, brand partnership there is very good, and it brings some much-needed attention to the Alfa Romeo brand as they continue to grow around the world. Uh, Ferrari's other partner, Haas F1, uh, is taking some continued changes with their chassis and aero package um, as they often are cited as one of the teams that does have a very good aero package um, due to the fact that Haas has very good access to an aero program uh, because of their NASCAR um, and other sports car efforts. Uh, nevertheless, uh, this new team uh, is using some uh, what do you want to call it? Mar Maserati branding. Uh, so further tying it in with that FCA corporate synergy between Ferrari and Alfa Romeo and Maserati. Um, and the early runs of these cars are quite quick. Kevin Magnussen set a uh, top three or four uh, lap record on the final day of testing earlier this week. Um, hopefully it looks like they got their brake issue figured out. Um, Haas, you know, normally they're pretty quick mid-tier, uh, mid mid-upper tier kind of vehicles, but their braking situation last season uh, really dampered their overall or overall performance. Um, so no idea if they're going to a new supplier, if they updated an old supplier, um, whatever. They haven't really exactly said, but uh, I'm very excited as an American F1 fan to root for an American team that could stand a chance to finish in the top five most races this season. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for some really good Haas performances going forward.
So a couple final bits of uh, news to touch on. Uh, it was announced last week that uh, Martini is going to be ending their partnership with Williams at the end of this season, which is really disappointing because the Martini-Williams livery has been one of the most beautiful ones on the tracks uh, the past couple of seasons. Uh, Williams always seems to find a way to get money and to continue to engineer their cars to be pretty good. Um, not quite as dominant as what they were in the early 90s, but nevertheless, um, a very good team, a team that's always worth some attention. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Renault, the engine maker, has their own factory team as well, and things seem to be looking up for them. Uh, Renault had some very significant powertrain problems this past season, and those seem to be fixed thus far. Um, Renault uh, has the potential to be a good mid-high tier competitor, I think, this year. Um, what they always were good at last season was consistent um, efforts that placed them consistently in mid-tier positions, and they did quite well as a team, and that's awesome. Uh, so hopefully they can hold on for this season doing the same thing. Uh, their friends over at Red Bull, who run Renault engines, uh, despite the fact that they're branded Tag Heuer, uh, they look like they're doing what they always do. They generally are regarded as having the more superior aero package. Uh, I don't think this season is going to be any different. Um, there were some pretty significant issues uh, going into this season, or at least into the testing season, uh, with you know who's going to be the headlining driver. Is it going to be Max Verstappen? Is it going to be Daniel Cardo? I don't think we have any clear idea who the lead driver is. Um, Max Verstappen did have a lot of problems with reliability on his car this week uh, with a leaking fuel tank. More than likely, that's easy to replace, but you never really know on these Formula One cars. Daniel Ricciardo put down a lot of laps, seemed to have a pretty reliable powertrain, seemed to be pretty quick. Um, we'll see what happens going into week two of testing. Um, and then lastly, well, who, who are we forgetting? Force India? Force India is a good team. Um, they also, like Renault, finish consistently well. Um, they are one of the outside teams who's been able to challenge uh, the dominant teams of Ferrari, uh, Mercedes-Benz, and Red Bull. Um, I'm hoping for good things this season. There's been a lot of weird politics going on with the ownership of the company um, and the drivers themselves. Uh, these cars are quick. There's really no bounds about it. They're very well-balanced machines, and with a good effort from the team, I think they can place quite well. Um, but really, that's the most amazing thing about this season of Formula One, is that all the teams look like they're going to be very competitive, and it, that race for those, like, bottom or for like outside the podium for like those last seven slots is going to be really competitive and that's going to make for some very exciting racing uh later this spring So last up, a car that's been in my mind, and that's the new Subaru Impreza. Now, I know I normally don't cover brand new cars in this segment, but uh, bear with me for a moment. Uh, the Subaru Impreza is a car that uh, I had actually considered purchasing not that long ago when I was looking to replace my Toyota Celica that I had had for many years. Uh, the one I drove was a 2-liter Sport Premium, if I remember correctly. Had some pretty good appointments in it, you know, really comfortable seats, very airy feeling inside the car. It smelled good, which isn't always the case with a lot of new cars. Um, you know, it drove pretty well, it rode well, the steering was all right. Um, I appreciate that four-wheel drive grip, especially here in West Michigan where, you know, the snow comes, the, le the dead leaves cover the road, it's wet, it's gross, for half the year. And uh, what ended up making me not... Uh, or made me not choose the car was a manual transmission that just really wasn't that good. 
um, had very long and inaccurate throws that were difficult to place and you know in the 15 or 20 minute drive that I took I, I stalled the car at least once and you know missed a gear it, multiple times and it just didn't go that well and this new Impreza that's out um, you know the old one was all right um, especially if you had the CVT I know a lot of people really liked it um, but this new one seems to change a lot of what people also didn't like about that car and made it a lot better you know it's a little bit lighter lower a um, little bit more of a stiff chassis to improve the handling of the vehicle uh, the mechanical bits didn't really change a whole lot, which, you know, kind of sucks, but it did get a new gearbox if you choose the stick, and I think it might actually make the car a pretty well-done vehicle if you're looking for some sporty um, four-wheel drive performance for not a whole lot of money. Um, but yeah, these cars are popping up everywhere. It's very strange. Uh, the car's been out for a year. I hadn't seen too many on the streets, and then it was like one day, my neighbor has a new one, uh, somebody who I park near in a parking garage at work has one, uh, I'm seeing a lot more on the street, um, whether it's on the highway or the neighborhood near me, I don't know, it's, it's just like all, everybody's leases came up and that's what they decided to get instead, who knows, but yeah, it's just kind of been on my mind, especially like with that red, uh, sport model, uh, the sedan, that's a good-looking car. I'm looking forward to the next WRX and STI on this platform. It should be pretty interesting. So, yeah, the new Impreza. Hmm. Okay, guys, that just about wraps up this episode of the Salvage Auto Podcast for March 2nd, 2018. Um, as always, you can follow this podcast on a multitude of platforms where we make it available for free, including the Apple iTunes uh, Podcast Store, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, yada, 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 yada. Uh, share it with your friends, share it with your family. If you want to hear some weird guy from Michigan ramble about cars for 20 minutes once a week, well, every couple weeks, eh, who knows, uh, this is the place to do it. Um, you can follow the podcast on anchor.fm as well at anchor.fm slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. Uh, what else we got going on? There's some news coming down the pike. We've got the second week of Formula One testing uh, next week. We've also got the uh, New York Auto Show and the Geneva Auto Shows coming up uh, very, very soon. Uh, I believe those are happening as early as next week, so hopefully we'll have something cool to talk about. Um, as far as other things go, well, it's springtime. Well, it may be a springtime. We've always got that big last snowstorm here in Michigan. I think we're all kind of waiting for it. Uh, it sounds like they're getting a lot of snow out on the East Coast, so uh, if you're out there and you're listening, hold on tight, uh, but don't let go, or whatever the song says. Uh, here in Michigan, maybe we'll be pulling out some nice cars and giving them a little wash and getting them ready to run. So... Guys, have a great weekend, drive safely, and hopefully we'll see you next week.